Hello, and welcome to the 51st episode of the iRace We Gamble podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I'm joined again by Josh Simer. Crum, I'm excited about two things right now. I'm really excited to go back to real racing. <laughs> and I'm really excited to start looking forward to number 100. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. We're, we'll be there in uh, a year, probably. That seems about right. Or, well... Maybe a little bit more. Maybe it'll line up with Watkins Glen. Maybe we can do episode 100 at Watkins Glen. It probably could be done, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I, my math might be terrible, but we'll see. It'll be close. Yeah, with a, a couple off-season pods thrown in there, it, it won't I be mean, one, 150 would be fine, too. Yeah. Even but 100 we... has, like, an allure to it. <laughs> We'll have episode of thousand at Watkins then. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's this year at the Glen, or next year at the Glen, I guess. Or if it's a thousand, I guess it's like a hundred years from now or something. I don't know. But this year at the Glen, Kimi Raikkonen from F1, who has retired and unretired a couple times over there, I think, uh, is going to be racing at Watkins Glen for Track House, which I think is super cool. Um, Josh, what were your thoughts when I shared that with you? So my initial thoughts were, wow, that is awesome. And then I saw that it was Trackhouse, and I was like, oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> you know, I got Ross Chastain. He's on Trackhouse. Yeah. Um, this is exciting. And then I started thinking, we're seeing a team, I think, in Stuart Haas declining. Uh-huh. And I think we're seeing a team like Trackhouse ascending. Definitely. And I I mean I don't want to like put it this way, but do you almost think there's like a little bit of a changing of a of the guard of like the third team that can contend and that's becoming Trackhouse now? Yeah, I mean I and you're saying third team, that's, I think, leaving out Penske, because obviously I think right now it feels like Hendrick and Joe Gibbs, right? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, Penske's kind of on the fringe. They Certain races, they look great. Certain races, they look like they don't know what they're doing. Um, at the All-Star race, they really just survived and looked pretty strong. But, yeah, I think Trackhouse, you can't ignore them at this point. Like, Suarez runs really well, but doesn't get finishes. And... Chastain is just like lighting things up this year. So I think it's cool. I'm I'm curious because I heard Denny Hamlin on Dale Jr.'s podcast this week talking about like his long-term goal is making a third team and driving for his own team, but he's not willing to put in the investment until NASCAR gets its shit together, basically. So I'm curious if Trackhouse is toying with the idea of a third car more permanently in the future and, you know, who might, who might fall into that ride, right? Like, yeah. who could be, I mean, it would be cool if the timing worked out with Kyle Busch, but I don't think that would happen. Um, but yeah, just something to keep in mind, think about is, you know, a lot of these teams expanding or contracting and drivers moving teams, it's definitely going to happen over the next few years, especially with the veterans. The season will be extra silly for the next few years, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to mention, obviously, you should follow us at iRace We Gamble. I've been uh, retweeting all the relevant news and 
uh, firing off hot takes about how bad the all-star race was over there. So um, definitely follow us for advice and uh, to see who we think will do well after we know where they qualify, which obviously can play a big factor into who you should pick. Um, and I've been doing some iRacing lately, uh, as, as I do when I get a chance. Um, and it's at Charlotte this week because that's where they're racing. Um, and honestly, I think it's one of my favorite tracks. It's probably in the top five, at least with Watkins Glen being in there just because it's local. Um, and it's, I don't know what it is. It might be the fact that when I first started iRacing, I was kind of just doing all the rookie stuff and sort of getting my footing. And the first time I did like a truck race, uh, an Xfinity race, like multiple times was at Charlotte. So it felt like the first time I gained any kind of confidence kind of driving on the ovals. Um, and it's, it's really just a fun track. Uh, it's also like a starter track. Like the, one of the rookie series, uh, races there, uh, every other week. So you get used to it and like know kind of the lines around that track a lot quicker, probably. So it's a fun race. Uh, the Coke series is also racing at Charlotte this week. Um, and it was a pretty good race. Honestly, I was surprised. I don't think the, uh, sim quite captures the aero sensitivity that the cars have. Like it was not impossible to pass at Texas, uh, when I was racing at that track a few times last week. And I think in real life it really was. So at Charlotte, I can already tell the racing should be better. Um, and it was a really fun race to watch. Malik Ray, who's the guy I pull for every week, uh, he he managed to get up to third after qualifying 12th, and I had really high hopes. But the way the cautions felt early, it kind of put anyone who was running up front in a position where they weren't going to finish well because they couldn't afford to take the risk of not pitting or pitting. Um, while others in the back were like, well, we're already in the back, so we can kind of take this risk and, and ended up working out for them. So those guys who ran up front early in the race and most of the race didn't end up finishing up there. So Malik Ray didn't get a good finish, which is unfortunate, but um, showed race winning contending speed. And that was really fun to watch for me. So enjoyed that race. I was also glad they only did 150 miles. I can kind of appreciate it. I don't think those races need to be that long, especially in iRacing. All right, let's talk about F1. Uh, it's it's a busy time in F1. They're back to back races. Spanish Grand Prix this past week. Um, really, just a interest, more interesting Grand Prix than I ever expected. There was at least some passing, which is not usually the case at that track. Uh, although <laughs> Verstappen was getting really upset that he couldn't pass people just because of his DRS not working, and there were. <laughs> There were a few times where, Josh, I don't know if you heard this or caught it at any point during the race, but the team was telling him, like, no, just press it once. And he's like, well, if I press it once, it doesn't open. So I have to press it multiple times. And they're like, well, if you press it too many times, it closes it. So it wouldn't open, but then it would open, and then he would accidentally close it, trying to keep it open. It was just... (laughs) Did you catch any of that? I did not. The only thing that I heard was a little bit of the radio chatter of him just losing his mind about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you can imagine, like, when you press a button on your car radio and it doesn't do what you expect, like, that's mildly annoying, but if that button is what allows you to pass someone for the lead and it's not working, it's... I can I see the frustration there. I mean, if my right trigger stopped working when I was playing Call of Duty, I'd be livid. Yeah, <laughs> it would not be a fun time. 
Especially if you're like, I don't know, like the end of a match, have to, you know, clutch it, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Verstappen was very angry during the race, but ultimately he came out with the win uh, because he was still running second and Leclerc had a very heartbreaking engine failure or power unit failure of some kind. Um, really sucks because he had like a nine second lead, was totally in control of the race, likely going to win, um, which meant he was the correct turbo play as, as we put him there. Um, but it didn't work out. And then Lewis Hamilton, we talked about it uh, leading up to that Grand Prix. The Mercedes looked like they found some speed, and uh, their qualifying pace wasn't terrific, but their race pace was actually really good. Um, Lewis Hamilton passed a Ferrari. So, I mean, I don't think that's happened yet on pace this year, when equal cars, you know? So I was really impressed by that, but the only reason Hamilton didn't really get the finish he could have hoped for like yeah, I think he could have finished top two top three but unfortunately he got into Kevin Magnuson on the first lap and that kind of ruined both the races Hamilton less so because he still recovered which was really impressive uh but Magnuson he, he only got me negative one point he got you negative one point um but the alternative was Mick Schumacher right in the Haas and he got zero points so I don't really know if we missed much on those ones no, I would say we didn't miss very much at all. Yeah. Um, I think the only other notable thing was uh, McLaren was decent, uh, like you said they would be because you removed them from your constructor. And uh, you were impressed with Botox, <laughs> I think, during that race. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have him in my lineup for, I don't know, like, P10 through 13. And when he goes up and finishes sixth and runs top four for a while during the race, which I will say I caught a good chunk of, but I was mostly chasing my daughter around because she started walking a week ago. Uh oh. So <laughs> there's no containing her at this point. But yeah, I uh, am a little bummed I went away from McLaurin. A lot of – I'm looking at my lineup right now, Crumb, and thinking, do I want to stick with Hamilton or do I want to take the savings of going down to Russell? Because what I did – what I saw from the Mercedes seemed very impressive, especially Hamilton – because of all of the, uh, you know, the nonsense that he went through. But Russell just ran a really good race up at the front the entire time. So I am not sure what I'm going to do with my lineup. But I I don't know. It'll all depend on if I stick with Hamilton or if I go down to, to Russell. Yeah, and I mean, that makes sense. It's Russell... I feel like has been more consistent, but I think Hamilton kind of showed like, Oh, you give me a car that I can drive. I can drive this thing. Um, and I think if not for the kind of end where they, they both had to back off due to overheating, um, which put Hamilton in fifth instead of fourth, which was unfortunate for him. But um, I think that Hamilton, when he's given the better car can finish better than Russell, but he's gotten unlucky this year. He, the frustration might get to him. He He's somebody who will take every inch of the track that he can. 
And that basically leaves everyone else with zero margin for error. And that's, you know, what leads to accidents sometimes, obviously. Uh, and, you know, that happened in this race. So I definitely like Russell more just because, like, the price point is so much better. And, like, even if Russell does worse than Hamilton, I think, like, points per dollar, you're still going to get as good of a rate from Russell as you would from Hamilton. So I like Russell for that reason. I was glad I kind of last minute switched it up to him. Uh, I posted this lineup on uh, Twitter before qualifying just so people could see it because it wasn't what I talked about on the podcast. I made some other changes, um, but ultimately only came away with 109 points. Um, And Josh, I know you're impressed with Botas on the track. Are you impressed with his gift giving skills? If that's his butt, I'm super impressed. <laughs> I mean, it's a great butt, too. Not only is it, like, a hilarious gift, but if that's actually his butt, I mean, bravo to him, right? I mean, it's a it's a nice butt. What can I say? It's uh, Blaney-esque, should we say. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it right there. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Go listen to like episode four or five. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you do know what we're talking about, thanks for being with us from the beginning. Yeah, no, that's that's probably a Sarah. Uh, might be the only one. Um, but <laughs> I have to give props to Sarah because she did her lineup did beat us this week. Uh, she made the same mistake we did with Leclerc, which again wasn't really a mistake. It's more so he just had a really unfortunate uh, failure, but. Uh, she had Perez in her lineup, which was a great play, finishing second, even though he was a little upset that the team didn't give him really a shot at winning because they were trying to prioritize Verstappen's race. But you'll have that in F1. Um, she had Hamilton as well, who was fine, but not what you were hoping for. Um, Lando Norris got her a chunk of points. Um, Schumacher got her none, but it's better than negative one. And then Alpha Tauri with 15 points. For a pretty low price, um, it's actually a better point per dollar value than Ferrari was this week because of Leclerc. So good constructor hitting Perez gave her just enough points to to inch out us with 111. I had 109 and Josh had 100. So I still lead overall. Uh, I have a 102.1 budget. Josh has 101.7. Sarah only has 99.8. But uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Maybe uh, maybe she'll start closing the gap to us. We'll see. All right, we have to talk about Monaco now. Uh, we've, we've discussed uh, some of the potential lineup changes we've been thinking about. Um, I'll give you the one I'm thinking about for Monaco before I talk a little bit more about the race. Uh, I have 5.5... What is it? A uh, million? Because it's 100 million budget? Yeah. Uh, I have 5.5 million remaining sort of like left over. So I had room to upgrade. So I dropped down from Alonzo to Vettel, which saved me 0.9. And then I spent 6.4. Or no, I must have started with 5.6 because I have 0.1 left over. But uh, I spent 6.4 to move from Russell to Verstappen. So interestingly, I do like Russell more than Hamilton, but I like Verstappen more than both. So I'm trying to get a Verstappen share in there only because I didn't have any Red Bull shares last week, and that felt stupid after they finished 1-2. So I'm willing to move down to Vettel from Alonso to be able to afford Verstappen. 
Um, that leaves me with 0.1 million remaining, so not much wiggle room. That barely fits into my budget. Um, but I do want to say about the race, 10 a.m. start, or sorry, 9 a.m. start on Sunday, 10 a.m. qualifying on Saturday, so make sure your lineups are locked before then. Um, and fun facts about the Monaco Grand Prix, uh, the track, because it's a street, was built in 1215 and when it was established as a colony of Genoa. Did you know that, Josh? I did not. And the first race, this is before F1 was, I think, officially organized, if I'm thinking of my F1 history correctly. Uh, Their first race was in 1929. So one of the oldest, most historic tracks on the circuit. Unfortunately, it's very narrow, and these cars are very big. Bigger than what they were in 1929, for sure. Uh, and so it's a little faster, too, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little faster, a little more safe, which is good. Um, you can't just accidentally fall into the bay, which, you know, that's a positive. Uh, but yeah, with these cars, it's really hard to pass. So qualifying is really the show. Um, I'm not going to watch it live, but I will catch it after the fact, and I'll make sure my lineup is locked prior to then. Um, but, Josh, do you have any lineup changes to this, uh, to what you got coming into Monaco? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I am getting rid of Vettel, who you just added, and uh, getting Perez into my lineup, so I spend up a little bit there. Yep. Where I save my money is I'm going down from Ferrari to Aston Martin. I just grab myself a share of those drivers. So what I have with my lineup now is I have exposure to six different teams. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I do really like Ocon over uh, Magnuson. I think Magnuson has high potential, but Ocon has been a, a lot more consistent this year. Yeah, and going down from Ferrari to Aston Martin allows me to go up to Ocon. Yeah. And up to Perez. Yeah. And those are dead. Like, Vettel to Perez is a huge upgrade, for sure. Um, I mean, I don't mind having Vettel at his price of 11.4, but it's it's not my favorite. It's kind of just a a filler. Um, And because I already have Botas at 9.5, like, I... I feel like I have enough low-priced drivers that I'm fine with having Vettel, but I totally understand. Like being able to move up to Perez is a huge advantage. Uh, you always want to have some Red Bull shares, is what I'm kind of realizing. So you've got Perez, I've got Verstappen. We'll see how qualifying and the race goes this upcoming weekend. Um, and yeah, Aston Martin's an interesting group because Vettel's on Aston Martin. Everyone thought they were copying the Red Bull design, which maybe they were, but. They weren't taking advantage of it like everyone thought they might in Barcelona. So I don't know if they'll figure anything out in the the week between these two races, or I don't know if maybe the car is better suited for Monaco, and that's why they they started the upgrade process prior to then to make sure that the car worked at all <laughs> at uh, Barcelona. But maybe it wasn't a good car design for Barcelona, and maybe it was just like, hey, we need to test this out, and then we're going to take it to Monaco and do well. Maybe yeah. Barcelona was just... Uh... Just like a front. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, like, I don't I don't think Barcelona is a good test for Monaco. I'm not trying to say that. But I will say that if you have a car that you think you can uh, put on the track and 
it won't do well at Barcelona, but it will do well at Monaco. Why not throw it on the track at Barcelona and see if there's anything that happens that you didn't expect when you try it, right? And you can make little tiny corrections maybe for Monaco or something like that. I think that that's totally talking out of thin air. I have no sources or uh, rumors that I've heard, but I, I think that'd be an interesting uh, turn of events. If, if you see Aston Martin look really strong in free practice, then give it a thought. All right, I think uh, it's time to move on to the All-Star Race or Shit Show or whatever you want to call it. Um, we're not going to talk much about what happened in the race. I'm not even going to talk much about the results or how our lineups did because it ain't worth it. No, it's, it's not. And I don't think anything from that race showed whether uh, drivers were good picks in fantasy. For multiple reasons, it's a limited field. Uh, it's drivers getting taken out by lots of really weird circumstances and being able to qualify with really weird circumstances. So what I think we should do is just talk about what we would change, what we would do to make the All-Star Race better. Uh, this has been talked about on plenty of podcasts that I've listened to, Dale Jr., The Teardown. Um, and when I say when I say Dale Jr., it's uh, Dale Jr. Download. Uh, but those two podcasts, along with the NBC uh, NASCAR and NBC podcast, they're all going to be talking about that. So I, but I'm curious, Josh, is there anything that you feel you would want out of the All Star Race? I know there's lots of ideas and opinions, but like, is there one thing that you would want more than anything else, or what are you thinking? Um, less cautions, uh -huh. which is probably going to be a shocker to you <laughs> <laughs> because I've never had this take before. I no. did. I, the best thing that could happen for it, I think is just to have it be more of a race, less of a show. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to be uh, both. And I mean, the, the weird thing is, all the things that made the All-Star Race the All-Star Race, stages, double file restarts, green-white checkers, not counting caution laps, uh, all kinds of things that were only in the All-Star Race eventually made it into every race. So if it's... If if the All Star Race has everything from it in a week or in a race every week, it's not going to feel special at all. Um, the million dollar prize has been the same for about I think forty years, so that doesn't really seem like as big a prize as <laughs> they make it out to be every time. Um, and I think I, I honestly think it would be cool if they did. Uh, all-star summer series kind of thing where instead of having four stages to a race where you throw a caution every 25 laps to your point, maybe you have four races that are each, you know, the appropriate length number of laps to be about an hour long, basically have an hour worth of racing at four different tracks during the summer, probably. Um, if it's convenient that you can do a double header type thing for one of them, do that. 
if it's just, you know, we have a little bit of an off-season break here where only the top 16 or whoever qualifies gets to race in a couple of these races. Um, or maybe you still have open races, but instead of qualifying for the uh, all-star race, you're qualifying for the next all-star summer series race. And then maybe only the top 15 of those competitors makes it into the final all-star race, which is held at a good track. Anything other than Texas, to be honest. Um, I, I would say like Martinsville, but that race didn't go as we hoped. So um, I would also make it so that the whatever dirt race you want to have is in this and not a points race. I think make it an all-star race. It makes it much less pressure for the teams to try to have to like, Oh, we got a points race in a dirt track. Like it doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that idea I love. Yeah. And also what I, I think the best thing to do would be to make your four like qualifying or regular season all-star races be uh, four different styles of track, right? Get a dirt track, a short track, uh, Atlanta, uh, and what's another good one? Dover. Get those. That's four totally different styles of racing, and then you get people that like do well at each kind or can do well at all of them. They rise to the top. They make it into the final round where you go to Charlotte or wherever. I don't know. Thoughts? <laughs> You've got Charlotte on your mind right now. Um, no, I I really like that idea. It's interesting that you didn't mention a uh, road course in there. You think that's just a little too different? But you have dirt in there. I, yeah, I think a road course just doesn't lend itself to good short races. Um, I think it's like an hour-long race is better at an oval because you're going to get like 50 to 100 laps where a, an hour at a road course could be like 30 laps depending on cautions and things that happen. Not, not, I don't want any stage cautions or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, if somebody spins off track and they throw a stupid caution, which they have done before. Right. <laughs> yeah, recently too, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, so uh, some other ideas I've heard, I do want to mention uh, Jeff Gluck on the teardown, one that I liked that uh, was pretty cool, was he was saying, like, start the the all-star race with 20 cars um and every five laps of a hundred lap race you just eliminate whoever's in last doesn't matter if it's green flag caution whatever if you're in last place on lap 5 10 15 on so forth you get eliminated until you maybe it's not 100 laps i'm just i obviously did that math too quickly um <laughs> But you have enough laps so that you get to like a final four and then you have a green white checkered with them or something. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. That would be fun. All of these ideas are better than what we just watched. That's all I'll say. There are there are races out there that do that. I'm trying to to think of some. All the ones we just that I've had... done like that have been in video games. It's like an elimination style race where if you're last on the checkpoint or the lap, it eliminates you. Yeah, and that's probably exactly what I'm thinking of too. Yeah. As we found out earlier today, I've played way too many video games. You want to guess what uh, Tom's number was? 
Oh, it's either like five or 67. 48. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, there are, there are a few that I picked out on that list where I was like, why didn't I play that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll I'll tweet a picture from the iRace We Gamble account of what the hell we're talking about just because it's circulating Twitter right now. But um, we're not going to talk about draft results. I didn't even calculate those because I was too disgusted with the results of that race. Josh, I know you don't have any hot takes, but my hot take is I'm not going to put any money on any NASCAR races until I feel like the tire wheel caution situation is resolved. When I can see multiple races in a row that look like they're properly officiated and aren't subject to tire failures or wheels coming off, I will start betting on NASCAR again. So the only reason I say that is because I'm still going to give advice on what I think I would do but I don't want to give the impression that I'm actually committing any of my own money to that. So all my advice comes with the disclaimer that I'm not putting up any money myself on my picks. So it's, you know, I could make a pick and be like, well, who cares if I'm wrong? I didn't lose any money over it um, because I'm, this is my, this is my very weak protest to NASCAR. <laughs> um, honestly, like it's, it's, it's too difficult to predict the results. If, if there's these many variables, it feels too much like a lottery to me. So I'm going to keep waiting. I might lose out on some money this weekend, but so be it. Um, that's my hot take. Hey, I like it. I uh, completely agree with your thought process there. It's, uh, yeah, it's too much of a coin toss right now so we want to gamble inform with information informed gambling geez words are hard for me right now <laughs> put it put it together pal um informed gambling and if right now you don't feel like you can be informed while you gamble then it's the time to to sit back and watch yep and uh don't take this for a like, oh, it's rigged. I'm not going to bet on it. Like that's people who think sports are rigged. Like it's maybe there's favoritism in certain cases and biases and all those things, but there's no person being like, all right, let's make sure this thing happens. Like the, those just, people have never been involved in a sport at a very competitive level. Exactly. Um, so not saying that, but do you want to say, I think too many variables are not in the teams and drivers' hands, i.e. wheels, tires, and those sorts of things. So I'm going to hold off for now. But let's talk about the Coke 600. I'll still give you my opinions on who I think you should pick and come up with lineups. We've got four 100-lap stages, so some extra stage points, some extra playoff points to be gained this race, uh, similar to the Daytona 500 when they uh, award stage uh, and playoff points for the duels. Um, kind of expecting this to be like your typical mile and a half, but better than Texas. Maybe not as good as Vegas and Kansas. Um, kind of depends on how well the grooves come in. Um, hopefully you don't want to get too much weather this weekend to wash off the rubber that all the cars are laying down. Um, but yeah, I, I expect it to be a decent race. Uh, they get 13 sets of tires during the race, so... 
Worst case, they should be pitting every 28 to 30 laps. Best case, you're probably going to pit once per stage and at the stage break. So that's like seven pit stops, I guess. Um, so you'd still have six tires left over. However, if someone blows a tire in, early in a run, say lap 20, 25, where did we see this? I don't know. Uh, then you'll, you'll probably want to come put on tires. But if you do that, you will run out of tires by the end of the race if they come every 25 laps. So keep that in mind. See how frequent the cautions are, especially in the early stages. Um, kind of, if you are doing any kind of betting profile stuff, like just keep that in mind. Like keep track of tire sets or try to listen to radios or uh, I'll try to tweet stuff out still as well. Um, anything I hear will will get tweeted out. So is there anything else we need to say before we draft, Josh? I don't think so. I think uh, I have the first pick, right? Oh, I have no idea. I totally forgot to even think about it. I have the first pick. All right. Oh. It shouldn't be as tough as it feels to make this first pick. There's a lot of options. There's two guys I really like with this first pick. Uh, so I'm going to go with youth over experience. I'm going to start with the nine of Chase Elliott. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Is there... Is it price point? I mean, he's he's cheaper than the top two, but... Cheaper than the top two. He's one here. He has six top tens and nine starts. It's, uh... It's, it's okay for me. Average finish of 2.3. That's pretty so, good. I think he can contend... We've been impressed with him this year. He just barely didn't make both of our top four uh, drivers so far this year. And um, I think he has a better feel with this new car than the other person who I was thinking about drafting with him. Okay. Well... In that case, I'm going to go and take the Kyle and Kyle show. The two most expensive drivers, Kyle Busch, who would be my lock at this point, even though that really doesn't mean much before qualifying or when I'm not putting money on it. And Kyle Larson. Two most expensive guys that does handicap me quite a bit, but it's, I'm picking them for the same reason I picked them the past few weeks. Kansas, they both looked like top three cars. Uh Charlotte, they or sorry, Texas, they both look like top three cars. Uh it's at this point, like you're just trying to avoid the tire bullet. And if they do, I think they'll be in the top three or four for the most part. So give me both Kyles. Yeah. The, I mean you can't say a bad thing about starting that way. Um it does change my strategy a little bit. I'm gonna take somebody who you may have been eyeballing. For a little bit of budget saving, I'm going to lock him in as my buy low this week. I'm going to take the 47 of Stenhouse. Ooh, I do like that pick. 
He's really good here. He has impressed us lately. And I'll take that combination. Yeah. It's hard to hard to ignore. And then because I'm still going to be into savings a little bit better than you, I'm going to actually take the other driver that I was debating at the 101. I'm going to take the 19 of Truex. Mm. Okay. I am losing faith in Truex. I don't know why. But I, I'm, I'm staying away from him for now. So I, I can understand the pick. He's in a Toyota. Toyota's a look good on a mile and a half. And he's a good driver. It's 400 laps. I'm just, I'm, I'm allergic to Truex for now. Yeah, that's okay. And for that reason, I'm going to make him my lock. Oh, damn. Well, remember when I said Ricky Stenhouse was washed? I do. <laughs> He's going with the fade crumb strategy. I can't disagree. All right. Well, I should probably get my budget pick out of the way. Um, it's not going to be a surprise. It's a guy that I... Do you want to guess who it is? Uh, budget pick. Budget pick. I don't know. I think my best guess would probably be McDowell. Nailed it in one. Yeah, I mean, it's 3000 It's just, it's super cheap. And all I'm looking for is a top 20. And I think he'll qualify 25th and finish 18th or something. And for 3000 yes, please sign me up. I have very expensive drivers in my lineup. I need to save some money. So I'll take McDowell. Which leaves me with 18.5 remaining. Uh, so I can afford two guys around 9,000 or I could go up and down from there. Um, I think Chastain is intriguing. I think Joey Logano at 11,000, like, I'm sorry if you were going to pick him, but that's outright bananas. Like, do you remember how not much of a factor he was at Kansas? And do you remember that he didn't do anything at, uh, Texas other than get down pit road fast? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> so um, I actually think the ideal price swap candidate for him and my buy low is Kurt Busch because I didn't forget Kansas and they didn't show as much speed at Texas, but I, I still believe in them. So I'm going to take the 34 and the 45, 345. Yeah, the Kyles and the Bushes. Yep. If it goes like Kansas, that should be great. All right, so now I think I might be having a little bit of buyer's remorse on Chase Elliott, but he was my 101, so I'm not going to think about it too much. How much budget do you have left for these two? I have 16500 Okay, so yeah, you're in that 8000 price range, or above, obviously, if you want to dip. Yeah, so right now, I'm between two choices. And it's take the one of Chastain and dip really low. 
or go with two drivers at back-to-back price points that work? For what it's worth, I can't afford Chastain, so if you don't take him, I can't. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely worth something to me. Because <laughs> you only have 10000 left. Yep. So you know my target. Yeah, I'm going to leave him alone, though. <laughs> All right, so I am... Yeah, I'm going to take the one of Chastain. Okay. He's just too tough to keep out of the lineup right now. And who knows what he would have done at the All-Star race if he uh, didn't. Who the hell did he run over? Yeah, who was that? You really don't remember. No, not at all. Will you remind me? Kyle Busch. (laughs) Tell me you don't remember. Of course I remember. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) God, I was trying to tell you it with my voice and my inflection and everything. I could hear um, it, but I was like, you're not giving in, so I got to just yeah, <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stay on the Chastain train. That's fair. And that leaves me with 6,000 budget left, so I can go bubba and under. And I actually think I'm going to go way under. Okay. And not use quite all my budget. I'm actually going to take the 42 of Ty Dillon. Ooh. Care to explain yourself? Um, it's more or less just the fact that he seems to finish races. I've seen him do pretty well moving through a pack at a track where you can't catch the leader. And unfortunately, that's kind of just what I'm expecting through most of this season. So if he gives me like a nice qualified 27th, I feel pretty comfortable with him finishing right up near 20, probably not over 20, but 20 to 23. I'll be fine with that to round out this lineup because I really do feel like I could have the top four. Yeah. I mean, Ty Dillon finished 20th at Kansas. Uh, If we look at Darlington, I think he did even better. Is that right? Or did he have an issue? I mean, uh, no, he was uh, 12th at Darlington. Uh, I think the next relevant track would be Las Vegas, where he finished in a position that is So top 20s at Vegas and Kansas, 12th at Darlington. Yeah, if he qualifies outside the top 20, I think he's a good pick. Yeah, so I'll I'll round it out with that. That leaves me, I think, with two thousand budget remaining. Yeah, so I've that leaves me with a little bit of wiggle room to do some tinkering if I need to. But I don't think I'm going to with this lineup. I'm actually feeling pretty damn good about it. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I'm gonna finish my lineup out with. Do you want to tell me who it is? The eight of Tyler Reddick. No. Oh, then it's the twenty of Bell. That's correct. Uh, well, yeah, I thought for sure it was going to be Reddick. No, I look, Reddick was good at Kansas for a while, but he keeps doing the same mistake. I, I can't stay on him if he's going to keep being the guy that is trying to get everything out of his car, ends up hitting the wall, ends up ruining his race, because it happens way too often. Um, 
So Christopher Bell feels like a safer pick, and the Toyotas have been so good. Uh, I think him at 9.5 is a great price point. Um, uh, I was going to say, and you wanted your third Toyota, be honest. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even realize I had three, but <laughs> I did want Toyotas. Like, I didn't think I need three. I just thought I need to make sure I have Toyotas. It was like Toyotas, yeah. Hendrick, and someone cheap. And that someone cheap is Michael McDowell. Um, just real quick, just to give you an idea, the alternatives, if you want the Larson, or if you want the Kyles, the Bushes, and the Bell, uh, you can go up to Gragson, who has shown these, he had a pretty good race at, uh, was it Kansas? He did pretty well there. Um, Todd Gilliland, I wouldn't advise that. Corey LaJoy, might not be bad. Um, but then beyond that, it's the 15 of Ryan Priest, the 51 of Cody Ware. So I think McDowell's the best of that bunch. So that's why I have him. Yeah, yeah, makes sense to me. All right, Josh, who did we miss? Oh, boy. Do you really want me to start this? I I mean, I do, only because I'm actually supposed to if we do the thing that I said we should do, which is, like, pretend like we're still drafting and I'm number 11. Uh, (laughs) So if you want me to go, I feel like I've painted myself into that corner. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Tell me tell me who your first thought is. My first thought is Byron. Interesting. My first thought was Blaney. I mean I'm fine like I'll pick Byron, you pick Blaney. I mean it works for me. They're both kinda mid upper priced. Eh. They're the two highest priced guys we didn't pick. Yeah. Um I agree. I don't want the eleven. I kind of do, but I don't think we can fit him in this lineup. Um, I think. No, if, I don't think so. I don't mind Reddick, obviously, but I, I he is a risk. Harvick, maybe. So my alternate to Ty Dillon and Ross Chastain was going to be Kurt Busch and Harvick. Got it. No, that's not possible because you already took Kurt Busch. Did. Yeah, All right, I'm glad I went the way I did because I was having a total brain fart about Kurt Busch being off the board. See, I didn't mark him as off the board in my spreadsheet, so I actually was just as confused. I would be fine with Harvick. Okay, I like that too. I The Fords haven't been as strong on the mile and a half, but Harvick's the kind of guy to get a top... 10 out of this race and qualified 20th or something. What do we have left to get a Florida in there? I like the 99 and the 43. Um, Hold on. Let me do one thing. The only Toyota left not going up to Denny Hamlin would be Bubba. Yeah, Bubba's not bad. I also like Elnarola. I don't know if you want to have that much Stuart Haas in your lineup, but. I think we should definitely add Bubba. Okay. 
Just to get a Toyota share. Yeah. Probably probably right. right. And that leaves us with 11,500. So we actually could fit Denny into this lineup. I would 100% put Denny in. All right, let's do it. All right. So, guys, we missed 24, 12, 4, 23, and 11. 2311. It's kind of wild. They all uh, fit into that lineup. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a little surprised. Laney, Byron, Harvick, and Hamlin, and yeah. then still round off with Bubba and Harvick. Yeah. Sneaky best lineup. Potentially second <laughs> best behind mine. I will say the lineup I created is the one I created prior to the podcast, and it would be the one that I would say is my tournament at this point because I don't know where people qualify yet. So uh, refer to my drafted lineup for my lineup. Josh, do you have anything set up yet? I do not. Okay. It'll be on the Twitter. Yep. So we will share any thoughts we have after qualifying about what lineups we're considering or what lineups we are suggesting in my case. Um, and if you would like to follow us, you should at iRace We Gamble. Do follow us, do it. All right, is there any weather we need to worry about this weekend, Josh? Absolutely not. Excellent. The only thing to consider is it's going to be real hot. All right, well, the sun does set eventually, thankfully. Um, <laughs> But maybe maybe it'll be tire issues in the beginning and good racing at the end. That's my glass half full version of this race. Also, no crumb. the glass is full. No, the glass is too too, too big. That's the engineer response. There's no half empty. There's no half full. If there's anything in that glass, it is full. That's a very optimistic outlook that I. I can appreciate. So you know what? You're right. The glass is full, baby. The glass is too big. That's an interesting way to think about it, too. That's what I've heard is the engineer's response to, is it half full or half empty? It's too big. It's like, no, there is exactly two cups of water there. Your problem problem is is that you gave me a four-cup vessel. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, anyway. 86 and sunny. All right. So going to be a hot day down in North Carolina, but no rain at all. So we're going to be racing, and that's what really matters, right? It is. I'm about to – I just registered for a race right now on iRacing. I'm going to drive a truck around Charlotte. So Nice. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening.